Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday. It is July 21st. And um, hey, yesterday we managed to put together another green day. That's two in a row. Um, and the question is, can we follow through and make this week a positive week? We'll find out more when we talk to Dave here in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, let's just remind ourselves that there's a lot of things in this world that you and I cannot control. We can't control what's happening in Russia or the Ukraine. We can't even have a, control what's happening in Washington, D.C. Think about that. However, we can control how much risk we have in our current portfolio. The issue is, do we know what that number is? And do we know how much risk we actually have in our portfolio? Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement phone consultation, where we'll have a 30-minute phone call just to talk about where you are. If you're on the right track, we'll let you know. If not, we'll give you some suggestions of things you could do to enhance your retirement opportunities. Hey, with that, we've got Dave coming up next. 5.7 Light FM Hatch Benatar there. How do Buenos Dias? I'm really glad you're with me this morning. We're at 8.39 now. Time to check in on money and see what's going on with your IRA and your 401k. we got earnings season is kind of hitting the meat right now. we got a ton of them, and we've got some economic reports, too, and some news to share with you. Downtown Sebring we go. Let's see what Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services is doing this morning. Philip, how are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm, I'm really excited that we actually put two back-to-back days together with um, with Green Ink. And, no one. Uh, and yeah, hoping maybe we can do good. it again. That would be kind of nice, wouldn't it? Fifth gain in six days for the NASDAQ yesterday. Over the last month, the S&P and the NASDAQ are up better than 7.5% now. Even the Russell 2000 has gone up by nearly 10%. And I'm I'm seeing some tip sheets saying, we've hit bottom, it's all over. And uh, you and I are kind of thinking that it (laughs) might very well be a junk off the bottom rally more than anything else. How about you? Well, you know, there are things called bear market rallies. And, and, and this, I mean, I just think there's so much economic um, pressure right now with interest rates continue to go up. The, you know, we've got the inflation still so high that um, I just don't see that we're actually out of the woods yet. Um, now, if the Fed starts to level off later this year, maybe. But, uh, but I think we're still in for, for some more wild rides. Um, the rest of this year. I suspect you're probably right. Setting the table and what we were feeling kind of giddy about at the outset is it was another green day yesterday. The Dow was up by 48. Standard & Poor's was up by 23. NASDAQ was up by 184.5, which makes it a full percent and a half rally for NASDAQ. So, yeah, there's reason for at the very least some easier breathing if we weren't looking at stocks going up that had just absolutely fallen like rocks. So, you know, it really was kind of a bottom fisher's rally, but when the bottom gets bought, that at the very least gives us a better foundation. Uh, top news this morning in international financial news is uh, the European Central Bank raised their reference interest rate by one half percent, which now makes the European interest rate, and I'll let you give the number. Zero. Can you believe that? <laughs> They raised rates and now they're at zero, which means they were at minus a half a percent interest rate until now. And that means it's been 11 years that they've been at that zero interest rate. I mean, I'm sorry, that minus 50 percent. 
Yeah. You know, when we were talking about it before we went on the air this morning, I was uh, saying I remembered that German bonds went to a negative interest rate for a little while for one of the individual members of the uh, European Union. I didn't remember that the entire euro bond was down, you know, that the entire European community bond was down to negative interest rates. But I guess we can safely say it's about darn time, couldn't we? Yeah, definitely time to go to zero. I mean, that's just crazy that uh, they've been that low for that long. And it, it does need to be noted in the process when we talk about inflation that, uh, by and large, even with those negative bond rates and negative interest rates over the European community, by and large, most of the countries over there don't have the inflation rate to contend with that we do here. That needs to be mentioned. I mean, it's too high everywhere, but uh, we're kind of on the top of the uh, of the first world heap as far as inflation problems are concerned right now. So it's not always interest rates that cause inflation, too. Well, that's true, but they are right behind us, Dave. I saw yeah. that their inflationary number was like 8.2%. So, yeah, they're, they're in our league, but it's not as bad as ours, but even, no. even with negative interest rates. So raising interest rates isn't 100% of the solution, and uh, may our Federal Reserve Open Market Committee take note of that fact next week, right? Exactly, as they look at what they're going to do for us. Absolutely. Uh, we start the uh, day out with our usual economic reports, and I really don't have a lot of good news there. It looks like the employment picture is kind of back to approaching a normal give and take on the employment thing, and that's not necessarily great news, except it may very well prompt the Fed again to look askance at the notion of that 1% that was being rumored. Uh, initial jobless claims reported this morning up by about 7,000 from last week. They were expecting 240,000 first-time claims. We got 251,000, which boosts our continuing claims up just by a tinch to 1.3 million. We're still abnormally low on continuing claims, but 250,000 a week, I've always heard as conventional wisdom, that's about the normal sifting and winnowing in a normal employment economy, which, like we said, if we're back to normal in at least one macro measure, it may, repeat, may prompt the Federal Reserve to uh, be a little bit more conservative on interest rate increases next week well that, that's right i mean as they look at all all the data and they digest it all you know things that are more normal are definitely going to help them from from doing the extremes and that's what our hope is is that they will stay in that well i think we're pretty much figured it's going to be three quarters if if nothing less than that anyway a half to three quarters would at least be expected. If it's a half, it's going to be good news and things will go up nicely. If it's three quarters, we might have priced that. And if it's one, I got a sneaking hunch we're going to have a big sell-off next Wednesday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that one is kind of, for the most part, taken off the table now, um, by and large. I mean, obviously, there's some data that could come out between now and then that could affect that. But um, that's, um, I'm thinking three quarters of a percent. Absolutely. It is kind of nice. We're into that shut up time where the Federal Reserve governors are not doing rubber chicken speeches and causing volatility. That seven days before the meeting, their regulations are they've got to keep quiet, which frankly is kind of nice given what happened last week. Uh, the other item that I got out of the out of the gated dump from the federal government is the Philadelphia Federal Reserve's Business Outlook Index. Again, the absolute number is calculated differently on all of these banks, but the direction it goes is always important. The direction is not good. It was down 3.3 last month. This current report they were expecting for July, down 1. Now it's negative 12.3. I'd call that a rather large miss, wouldn't you? 
I would, Dave. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Your expectation is a little bit different than my expectation. My expectation from my analyst was it was going to be actually up 1.6%. Um, yeah. And so uh, to be down 12.3, uh, that's a pretty significant um, adjustment in expectations. So, but uh, y- yeah, it is. It's uh, for that Northeast area, um, you know, Pennsylvania, that, that area, that's not good news. Uh, yeah, that kind of surprised me, too, because the Empire State Index, if I remember correctly, from a few days ago, was actually a pleasant surprise. So let's cross our fingers. It's a data point, not a uh, not a trend by any measure, because New York actually was a pleasant surprise. Philadelphia, a very unpleasant surprise. Earnings season continues, and uh, even before earnings, we had kind of an interesting announcement from Carnival Cruise Lines, I gather. We did. And so, and it's not helping them any this morning, Dave. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines came out and made an announcement this morning that they're going to offer a billion dollar of common stock, Um, not for any other purpose than general corporate purpose, means to keep them afloat, basically. Um, And so, Carnival is... uh, Let's just say taking a bath this morning. They're down 12. They were down 12% earlier, still down about 12%. So uh, they, uh, but they had a good day yesterday. I mean, yesterday they were up 7%. So um, they, they're giving back all that plus a little bit. <laughs> Don't sell stock for operating income reasons. That would be an accountant's advice. And evidently the stockholders agree, huh? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And that's, uh, they, they don't want their stuff diluted anymore. But of course, that's probably better than them closing the door. Uh, yeah, that beats chapter 11 all hollow. I'll give it that much. Uh, we do have some big name companies and household names I know that were due to report this morning. Any high points in the uh, list of uh, earnings reports so far? Well, I think we start out with, um, y- you know, with Carnival as a, as a newsworthy item. So, Let's, we got a lot of travel stocks today. We got some airlines, some railroads. Um, so let's just kind of start with those. And the first one's American Airlines. Uh, American Airlines came out and they, they basically came in as expected on their earnings report per share. Um, revenue was in line as well. So, so basically they did, they did what they're supposed to do uh, for the quarter. Uh, first time they've had a profit since the pandemic hit and they expect to be profitable for this year as well. Um, but, you know, it's always, what are you doing for me now? Uh, they have, uh, let me see, I lost them there. There they are. They are down 2.8% this morning um, before we get going. So I guess, uh, you know, when you, when you do as expected, that's just not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing an awful lot of travel stocks on the negative side off of Carnival. Are there any of them that actually reported their earnings or are they all just falling apart because of Carnival's announcement? Uh, they probably just are reporting because of Carnival. I mean, I got United and CSX are the only other ones I have reported on my sheet. Um, so United Airlines, uh, they missed both top and bottom lines for their second quarter. And they're warning of the current quarter that the, the impact they're going to have because of fi- higher fuel costs is um, and the possibility of a of an economic slowdown. So so they're they're a little bit more pessimistic this morning. Um, they're down six percent this morning. This is not a good day so far. You're sharing with us. It's not when we look at the earnings number, is it? Then we look at CSX, uh, mm-hmm. the railroad. 
Now, they did beat on top and bottom lines. Now, let's remember, they're not just in the travel industry. They're in the freight business as well. Yeah, so, transportation, um, we think of them more honestly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, they're seeing skyrocketing demand. And uh, their difficulty right now is, is uh, finding labor, you know, because of the tight, tight uh, labor market. And so they're, uh, where I put them? I lost them. <laughs> there There's they are. So they're many up, we lose they're track five, after a while. They're up 5.2% this morning, Dave. Cool. I'm glad to see uh, somebody with good news. Yep. The and graffiti, then we got some. The, the graffiti artists are going to celebrate by repainting the boxcars. There you go. And then we've got we've got some household names, a lot of household names. Um, Dr. Horton, um, mm-hmm. another home builder. Uh, they reported better than expected earnings for last quarter, but revenue was short of expectations. And the company came out and they did cut their full year sales guidance, um, saying you know demand is starting to moderate a little bit. And so obviously that's not helping them this morning. They're down one point, almost one point four percent. We had um, AT and T report. And uh, they beat on top and bottom line. They had a good quarter. However, they came in kind of like the one we had yesterday. They lowered their free cash flow guidance. And, uh, and so that's hurting them this morning, though they expect to have a, a much better addition of subscribers for their wireless um, this next um, quarter. They're trading mm-hmm. down 4.8% this morning. Good Lord, there really isn't a lot of good news. Have you got one good report to polish off the summation today? Man, I'm, I'm trying. How about Travelers Insurance Company? Okay. So Travelers, they, uh, they have better than expected profit and revenue for the second quarter. Upbeat performance, even though they got hit with a lot of catastrophic losses and their investment portfolio hasn't done as well because of the markets. But uh, they're up 1.4% this morning. Well, we'll take that as being our green spot for the day. Resetting the table update yesterday. Modest on the two blue chip exchanges, but uh, NASDAQ had a pretty doggone good day. 40 minute, 45 minutes before we open. Are we going to be able to keep it going this morning, Philip? You know, everything has resonated and has uh, swung back to green ink um, this morning. We've actually got the Dow up a little over a tenth of a percent. The S&P 500 is up a third of a percent. The NASDAQ 100 is up six-tenths of a percent. So, so I think that's, that's looking pretty good uh, this morning. Silver, though, is uh, taking a beating again this morning, down one little over 1.1%, $18.45 an ounce. Dave, hold your breath because gold is getting lower by the minute. Um, we've got them basically even for the day, but they closed yesterday at um, a little, I think they're right at $1,700 an ounce. So uh, yeah. So uh, anything on the downside today is going to put them below $1,700, which I'm trying to remember last time I saw them below 1700. It's been a while. I was going to say the only bit of good news I can give is my delayed quotes have them well under 1700 So evidently there's a little bit of a recovery going on anyway. There is. There is a little bit, but it's, it's very little. Um, and then crude oil is down, uh, getting close to 4%, down to $96 and $6 a barrel. 
And the only reason I'm not happy with that is the fact that it generally indicates conventional wisdom of reduced demand in the out months to come, which is not the reason we want to see it go down. But down is down, and we'll take it when it comes to prices at the pump. Overseas markets, Asian rim, mostly in the red this morning, largely off of uh, the European Central Bank's decision that uh, they saw as kind of a zero-sum game. European markets are somewhat recovering. They were all red a little bit earlier. French markets have now turned positive, and Germany is approaching the zero mark. Great, British, Great Britain's markets are pretty much at the zero mark, and that's an improvement over 45 minutes ago, so they're, uh, they're responding favorably to the European Central Bank's interest rate decision, and that might bode well for us as we process all the information. Figuring out what's going out of my retirement five years, ten years out of the pike, that takes planning and it takes resources that the average investor doesn't have. Philip, how do I get a hold of you to get a plan to make sure I can afford to retire someday? You know, Dave, that's why we put together our core retirement design uh, to be able to help people create the retirement they always dreamed of. Uh, give us a call at 863 382 0037 to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. Spend 30 minutes. Make sure you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. Uh, again, that number is 863-382-0037. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning on Light FM. Philip, I appreciate it. We'll see you then, all right? All right, man. You have a great day. Appreciate you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember, there's a lot of things in this world that you and I cannot control. But you do have some control over your portfolio and how much risk you have there. But you got to know what your risk number is, and you got to know how much risk you have in your current portfolio. Give us a call, 863-382-0037, to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. With that, have a great day. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye now.